When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday, Friday, Friday episode. What are we on? 919. Um, we're going to do a kind of a rewind episode. We're going to talk with the National Coach of the Year today and tomorrow. I like these. I, I, I go back and I pick some golden, you know, I've got, we've got almost a thousand episodes. So I go back and pick some of the ones from the vault that I think are really good. These and, and some of these are old ones, unless you've been listening for three or four years, you probably haven't heard them. So I love doing that. So that will be today and tomorrow with Audrey Taylor. Um, but before we jump into that, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine in the market. Mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaching for coaches who want to get better. You know, it's a one-stop shop. It's 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 handouts, it's one-on-one, it's mentoring. It's taking my experience. I was talking to a coach the other day and not making the same mistakes I did. And let me teach you. Let me teach you all the obstacles. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of people out there and there's a lot of knowledge, but um, I'm not sure they've uh, they've coached at my level and, and experienced the things I have and are still coaching high school. So come over and check it out and let's head off the podcast. All right. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. Co- coach Taylor, I appreciate you taking an early morning to talk hoops with me. Um, and we're going to talk about the clinic and some of the stuff that you're doing at the end. But what I would like you to do to all the listeners is kind of tell your basketball journey, both as a player and as a, um, coach. And, you know, I, am amazed by the people that Kevin have been able to get for this, this um, thing. It's like, Oh my God, I thought I had a decent resume. It's like, <laughs> resumes. It's like, Oh my goodness. I got to get back to work. <laughs> I gotta get back to work. So, um, ex- introduce yourself, Coach Taylor, and then tell everybody kind of about your uh, your your journey. Sure. Well, first, I want to say thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And um, to give everybody info, uh, my first name is Audrey, last name is Taylor, and it has turned into Coach Taylor mostly <laughs> uh, to the last I uh, would say probably fifteen years. 
It's a uh, great thing. Coach is a great thing to be called. I tell people it's only probably second to dad to be called. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I can't complain. I'll, I'll take the transition. Yes. Uh, so uh, I started playing uh, back when I was, God, I want to say about nine or 10 years old. I was introduced to it. Um, it started with watching uh, a lot of basketball outside uh, when actually people went on the playground and played basketball. It's <laughs> quite different now. You remember uh, those days? Remember those days? Yes, the good old days. I, I say it all the time. I say I tell, it all the time. I tell my players, I said, you got to remember, man, it was like a boom box on my shoulder and a big jug of water. Like, you know, the milk, yes. empty out the milk jug. Yes, that's so that. classic right there. Yeah, and you'd empty out the milk jug and you fill it with water. And if you're feeling really good, you put some Kool Aid in it. And they go, What are Absolutely. you talking about? I go, Well, you got to Google Kool Aid. I'm about to say, they probably don't even know that word at you all. No, Kool Aid or Tang. <laughs> it was Tang because of the, the um, Tang for the uh, astronauts. But I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> flashback uh absolutely uh, once i once i it, my dad uh introduced me to it and i started going around town doing a lot of free throw contests and uh after that i started to realize i was actually pretty good i uh, started playing um i played in high school did pretty well in high school scored over a thousand points um i was highly recruited i was considered what they would call an elite athlete at the time uh, played a lot of AAU ball, traveled all over the place. Right. Um, junior nationals, nationals. Uh, what an amazing experience I had as a, as a youngster doing AAU. That was amazing. Um, and that, from there, uh, got me all of the, the college recruits. And after that, um, it, was, it was smooth sailing. Um, I went to a lot of different showcases, all the fun stuff that a lot right. of kids are doing now. Yep. A lot of clinics, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then... I was offered a scholarship from about six or seven different schools. And my story is a little different. And how did, you pick, how did you end up? I, I'm interested in how you ended up picking the school you picked. So that's interesting for me as a Yeah, coach. that's actually part of, part of where I was, I was headed. Um, during my uh, high school years, I was known, like I said, as the athlete. And I was a star athlete in, in school. And I tended to focus more on the sports than I did the educational side. Right. So, yeah, what started to happen for me was um, towards the end of my senior year, uh, well, I would say end of junior year, going into my senior year, um, I had a lot of schools who were waiting for me to get that GPA to match that SAT. And that's, you know, that's part of the process. Um, and as I was doing that, a lot of schools decided, you know what, I, I don't, I don't want to work. It's not worth the risk. I'm right. going to move on. Um, so a lot of schools jumped ship, um, but a lot of them stayed there as well. Uh, I went on a recruiting trip to Temple University and just fell in love. Um, at the time, I think it was Coach Foley at the time. And she was she had an awesome program. It wasn't too far from home. And, right. and that's when I finally made a decision after I came back from that recruiting trip. And I was like, all right, um, you know, this is where I'm going to go. So I signed the Temple. But the funny thing is um, that summer, uh, as I'm getting ready to get prepared for Temple, I get a phone call. And the coach says, hey, Audrey, I just want to let you know uh, I'm leaving. I'm not going to be at Temple this year. Yes. Wow. I had this shocker phone call. Oh. And, and then, was, then I was presented the option of, hey, you can still come here or uh, you, can, you can transfer out and go somewhere else or, or not transfer, but you can choose to right. go somewhere else. And did they have to uh, release I, you? Did they have to release you from the scholarship? How does that work? 
yes, they had to release me from the okay. scholarship once I had made that decision. I had okay. my option. There was no penalties, though. Okay, okay. Because she was leaving. Yep. Um, that's the one thing they will allow you to get out just because okay. they, that's who you intended to come play for and now they're leaving right right they give you they give you an exit okay um so at that point um monmouth university was still recruiting me believe it or not and a friend of mine who i played aau basketball with was going to monmouth and i thought what the heck i'm going for <laughs> it too so i decided at that point i was going to go to monmouth i really liked the coaches and again i had a friend there i had played aau ball for about four years with Right. Um, so that's how I decided I, I went and played Monmouth for, for four years. It's really, I, my son's kind of going through it right now and he's looking at some D three schools and we, we, you know, it's more going to be academic than basketball based, but it's, it's about feel. I think it's about relationships too. Absolutely. Oh, that's what, that's what kids don't understand. Unless you're the elite of the elite of the elite, especially in the, in like the boys, like if you're the Duke or the Kentuckys or the right, right. kind of in the boys, you're in a different world. You don't live in the world I live in. It's a different world. Um, yes. <laughs> you're, you're I, tell, I tell the kids all the time it's not it's not always sunshine and rainbows <laughs> right well and i also tell them what i tell my kids i don't know if you tell your kids but i tell them this is it's a job you know i've had nba guys yes. i've had college guys it's a it's a great job don't get me wrong like even right. playing in the nba it's a great job and it pays really well but it's absolutely <laughs> you have an employer absolutely. you're an employee of an employer you know, yes, you are. It changes. It changes the dynamics of what you play for and how you play. Everything changes. Right. And, that, and I think that was a great experience for me to be able to teach my kids. Yeah. Uh, my high school girls, because the ones that were, you know, always striving to go D1, but didn't necessarily meet the requirements of D1. And I mean, outside of the basketball court, right. meaning they wanted to be able to actually live a college life. And it's like, hey, you go D1. There is no college life. You are basketball twenty four seven. They own you. Well, they it's do. And like I always tell them. I always tell my boys. I said, if you miss that free throw at the end of the game, I still get paid. Yeah. <laughs> I still. I can. I can put food on the table. I'm not like. I'm not. My job does not depend on you guys making free throws. Right. You know, if I don't coach anymore, I still can put food on the table. You know, these. Right. It's their job. You know, it's their job and. I don't know about you, but I think also kids get caught up on the number too much. There is great basketball in Division Two and Division Three and NAIA, and you know they get in their Absolutely. mind that they got to go D one, and it's about the scout, you know. And I, there's other ways of getting to the to the end point to get to the education and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely, I agree with you 100. percent Tell them the same exact thing. Yeah. So, okay. So then, so so then we graduated, and then what happened? Yes, we graduated, and um, I actually um, had a contract offer to go play in Finland. Okay. Ooh, um, that'd been fun. Yeah. And all would have probably jumped on it, but at the time, uh, for some reason it just wasn't, uh, I didn't have the passion I still had. Right. Um, I had kind of died out towards the end of my, my senior season and, um, going to another country and leaving my family just didn't seem like, well, I always tell people, you know, when the time to hang the shoes up is, you know, absolutely you just know. And they go, what do you mean? I go, like by the time my senior year in college came around, I was ready to move on because I'd been playing like you since I could probably walk. And it was like, I'm just ready. You know, it's like yeah. that, that part of my life is over. Maybe I'm going to coach. I mean, I'm going to do other things that are going to feed my, feed me kind of thing. Absolutely. Um, but that's they, and some people never aren't able to hang it up. I understand the hang those shoes up, but most right. people like you kind of know. 
So that's yeah. good. That's good that you were able to reflect on that. Absolutely. At that at that time, I was I was very close to my grandmother. Okay. Um, and she wasn't feeling well at the time, yeah. so that kind of helped my decision a little bit. Right. Uh, I was I was attached to the family aspect, and and then it wasn't. I didn't feel like I was missing anything. Right. So at that point, um, I had got a degree. I was working in web design, um, and I wanted to do something different. So I left New Jersey and I went out and lived in Virginia for about uh, four or five years. How was that? And that was awesome, actually. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was it's different. Hot. It was slower. It's hot down there. It's like the surface yeah, of the sun. Yeah, there was, there was definitely some differences, but um, it was something I needed. I needed a change. I needed to appreciate New Jersey a little bit more by leaving it. Uh, and I did. Yes. I did. Yeah, it's like I'm in the Midwest, and my son's looking at schools at the East Coast, and it's like people right. are going, why is he doing that? I go, because I, as his father, want him to go experience the world a little bit. It's different. Absolutely. More people, good people are good. I get that. You know, right. I've met great people through basketball, through this, all sorts of stuff. I get that. But for a 17, 18-year-old, the growth that you go through when you get you can't come home for the weekend right. and you've got to figure stuff out on your own is great and especially after you graduate from college absolutely yeah absolutely i was i was all about that journey um but the crazy thing about it is that experience um brought me back to basketball um i i was working with uh i was working at the marine corps association in manassas as a as a um web developer there and a friend a friend decided that they they were like, well, you still play basketball. And I'm like, nah, I'm not really into it. Well, can you help my daughter? She's really struggling. She wants to go play high school basketball. She's middle school. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you, I'll feed you if you come over and help her out for an hour. I was like, oh, you know, I'll take it. You free food? <laughs> yeah. Without a doubt. Right. Um, and I started training this young lady. And believe it or not, um, that's when my heart started to love basketball again. Right. Giving it back to someone else made me appreciate it. And that's, how I started to find my journey into coaching and teaching the game. Okay. That was, that was an awesome experience for me. Um, and then uh, a few, uh, maybe a few years after that, I decided to go back to New Jersey. Okay. And when I came back to New Jersey, my uh, old coach at Monmouth was now coaching high school at, uh, at a, and she, I went up to her, asked her, I said, Hey, you know, can I come volunteer? And she was like, what? Absolutely. And at that point, um, I volunteered for about four or five years, and it was awesome. Loved teaching right. the kids, and never wanted to be a head coach. Oh my goodness! No. Didn't <laughs> I always tell people two things? First of all, the best seat in the house is the one to the right of me. Yes, <laughs> that is the best seat in the house because you don't have the pressures, you're not the, you don't have the worries, yes. you don't have the parents. That's the, and the second thing is you did what I tell all young coaches to do. And I tell all young people that I teach and, and stuff. It's like when you're young, people want to help you. Hey everybody. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Just real quick, quick shout out to our, to, um, teachhoops.com who allows us to keep this, this thing going, you know, we're over 600 and almost 700 podcasts, um, go over and support us. And by supporting teachhoops.com, they allow us to do this, go over and subscribe, um, wherever you uh, like this and leave a review. Those five-star reviews do me a lot. They, I, I know they take time to fill out and do, um, and they mean a ton to, to me and um, to everyone that, that helps us here, uh, at coach market. So, uh, yeah, let's head back to the podcast. Right. You volunteer. They will, you know, no one's, if I call someone up, they're not going to deal with an old fart like me. But, <laughs> but if a young guy like my son calls and says, I love X, Y, and Z, can you help me understand it? 
people just love doing that. I love helping young coaches. So um, that's what the thing is. And you think about how much you learned in those four years of volunteering. Oh, it actually, it, it was a part of what molded my philosophy. Right. Um, being there and seeing that experience. And uh, I learned so much from her. It was amazing. Great opportunity. Um, enjoyed it. And more than anything, I got a chance to really connect with the kids and get to know um, kind of what they go through, what, right. what their aches and pains, what their complaints were. Um, so it gave me a better understanding of, of both sides uh, of, you know, what the head coach was going through and then also with the players and how they were feeling based on some of the actions that she would take. Right. Um, I think what's hard is when you're a player, you're so focused on being a player Yes. The transition to be a coach is is harder than people think it is. You know, I was worried about my game. I was worried about our team. I was worried about all those. I wasn't worried about the the big pick. I, you know, I'm sure coaches said stuff to me. It was like, all right. So right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you, 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 you hit it right in the nose. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I always tell people who ask me about coaching and how I started out in Franklin, and I always say I started out as a player coach. Right. Because, yeah, that's what that's what I connected to with the players. Right. I still had that mindset. I still wanted to get on the court. I still had that competitive to, spirit. You wanted to play with them. I remember that early yeah. in my career, too. It's like, oh, I'll go play. I will scrimmage and I'll play. It's like, yeah, oh. absolutely. <laughs> I remember those days, too. <laughs> yeah, the, the, that was that was good times. But it also, like I said, it, it, it taught me a lot um, and it gave me a, a great, I would say, um, head start from when I did become a head coach. And right. that, that process was, was kind of interesting too, because um, I started a friend of mine uh, coached at another school and she asked me to come be her JV coach for a year. And of course, no problem. Now that I'm, I'm into it, um, my schedule's good. I'm going to go do it. Well, the head coach of that team decided to become an AD. So she wow. became an athletic director and it was at, a, at the school that I'm at now. And randomly, I'm working corporate America. I get a phone right. call, and she says, "Ask me for another person's phone number." It is a well-known athlete from New Jersey named Kristen Samoji. She asked me for a number, and I and then I had to kind of think for a second. I said, "Wait a minute, why do you need a number?" She's like, "Oh, I'm desperate. You know, my coach, my basketball coach, just quit on me." And it was November at the time. Oh the gosh! <laughs> yes, yes. So she was in. She was in crunch time. Um, I hung up the phone. I sat there for about maybe five minutes, called her right back. And I said, well, how about me? And she's like, would you really do it? And I was like, well, let me go talk to my boss, see right. if he's willing to adjust my hours. Right. Um, went in, had a conversation, and he was like, yes, go for it. Um, he was all about the kids. He had kids in, in sports, so um, it worked out great. And then that literally led to me um, coaching at Franklin. Wow. And, and yeah. I'm telling you, people, you never know when a door is going to open. I, that's what I tell people, too. So you yes. got to be open to the door opening, you know, kind of thing. Um, so tell me, un, uh, tell me about the last couple seasons, and then I want to get into a couple questions I have. Sure. Yeah. Um, last couple seasons has been an amazing journey. It's, it's crazy. It's like I'm, I'm looking at this. Amazing. I, I, it's unbelievable. Like, uh, first of all, being at a public school, um, to, to be able to have so much talent come through the door. Right. Uh, that's one thing that doesn't happen in a lot of places, especially public school. We all know how that goes. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, but I was blessed uh, to be in the right place at the right time. Um, I started out with uh, a great group, which was, I would say I had a starting five that could have all played D2, D1. 
I mean, uh, that's amazing. And the, the thing is, and and don't don't cut yourself short too. You, you got to be able. To, it's hard coaching players. Like, I was getting ready to say that was the toughest experience <laughs> I've ever went through. People but, don't. People do not understand. Like it, it is from a coaching standpoint. Sometimes it's easier to have the team that's ten and ten. Yes, everyone kind of understands their roles. When you put guys that I mean, I and you and I have been in the same situation. I've got I've coached guys that are in the NBA. I've coached guys that are, I right. can't count on me Division One guys. There are different issues, people. Like the oh, grass God. always looks greener, and I'm not complaining about having talent. Trust me, I'm same. not complaining. Same here. <laughs> but you no, know, yeah, there's two types of coaches: coaches with players and ex-coaches. Trust me, I get it. Um, but <laughs> there, that it is a difficult task. That is a yes. more of a team building thing, I'm guessing. You're absolutely right. You yeah. you said it. Yeah, it spent we spent more time talking and figuring things out and learning how to communicate with with each other than we did X and O's. Right. Without a doubt. Right. Yeah. Without a doubt, we spent hours on that. And and when we finally got to the point, and again, um, going into Franklin was about changing a culture um, because right. they were considered the walkover team. They were the team that no one took serious. The girls didn't take themselves serious. Um, so I came in with a mentality that that kind of shifted a lot of people's lives. And it was kind of like, whoa, like this is getting serious now. Right. And, and I, I, oh, my God, I feel like I'm looking in a mirror. Um, <laughs> so I had to do the same thing 20 years ago. And did you did you ruffle some feathers when you did that? Oh, God, yes. Okay. I, I got people who still to this day are, are afraid of me when I walk through the door. Right. I mean, I had to make some decisions. I had to let some people go. I had a couple right. of kids that I, oh, my gosh. I had to do some things. But I, I knew that if I was going to go in and change the culture <laughs> from a right. team that hadn't won in 30 years to a team that eventually would win all the games that we've won, I right. had to do it. I didn't like it. I lost nights of sleep. I oh, same here. Word of God, I believe I started an ulcer. I, <laughs> I'm just because you had to do it, and I was doing it for the kids. I wasn't like yes. mean about it, but I knew that if I was going to make this shift, you know, we had to come in and like this is how we win. <laughs> Absolutely. You're on the bus, you know. Yeah, I always say you're on this bus. Here's your seat. If you don't want to be on the bus, get off the bus. You know, those are your right. three choices: get on the bus. Get in right. the right seat on the bus. Right. <laughs> because not everyone gets to sit in the front of the bus. Some people have to sit in the back of the bus. Some people have to sit in the middle of the bus because some people have better jump shots, you know. <laughs> reality. And then, that and is so reality. <laughs> so reality. <laughs> I think it was, who was it? I don't remember who it was. But what, I remember going to a clinic and, and he was talking about why people are open. And he's going, they're open because they can't shoot. That's why you're right. Open, you know? <laughs> You're open because you're terrible. <laughs> Pretty much. That that was probably one of those things that um, was a shift for the girls was that was direct honesty. Right. Uh, there was no more playing, you know, you know, softy, playing mom. I'm not patting you on the back. I'm being right. straight up honest with you. You're not as good as you think you are. You know what I tell this is what I use with my kids. You can you can steal I use truth or harmony. Do you want the mm -hmm. truth or do you want right. harmony? truth i will be honest and they'll go oh right. i go you want the truth here's the truth you can't right. dribble with your left hand so i right. can't put you on the court harmony right. you're the best dribbler in the world oh gosh you're so good <laughs> harmony is what your mom's gonna say to you <laughs> truth Always. is 
Yeah, yeah. Truth Always. Is make it sweeter and nicer by the time it gets to you, and, and, and we're not in the business of that at no, all. And what I tell young coaches, too, is literally I've had kids that could not look at me in the school for a year. I swear to God. But really? five, ten years later, they eventually figure out that that was a good decision. You right. were never going to play. Right. I wouldn't have been happy. That eventually most of the kids come around. Yes. There's exceptions to the rule. But, oh, without a doubt. But, without a doubt. But, but most, most of, them, of them know it's made for the right decision. And it's not like I cut right. you because I didn't like you. I cut you because right. you weren't going to play. Right. You know, go be in the student section. Go be a senior and have some fun. You know, go out for right. a sport. Do something, you know. Absolutely. The fortunate side for me is I didn't have to do many cuts. Ooh, that's um, good. Yeah, it's 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 uh, a gift and a curse at the same time. I, I always say that, you know, we start the season out and we always go, we don't know our numbers because um, once we started to become good, we didn't, it, you would think numbers would increase. No, they actually, don't. They don't at all. No, that, that, that is an anomaly that just, and I'm a math teacher, that's an anomaly that freaks me out. You know what it is? I'm, I figured out eventually what it is. It's self-selection. Okay. Like, mm. like, I look at LeBron James, I know I'm not as good as LeBron James. Right. So I right. know I can't play ahead of him. So what they do is they go, okay, I'm not as good as X, Y, Z. Ooh, I'm not going to play much. I'm not coming out. I think the world is like, if I ain't going to play. That instant gratification they love. It is. That's what they it is. It. And, I, and, and it's great. If It's a great life skill. If they can self-select, great oh, life yeah. skill. Like I'm, I can't play right. the piano. I shouldn't do that anymore. Kind of. Right. Thing. It's a, it's a great right. life skill if they're learning it. But I've noticed that too, is we've gotten better. Cuts have gotten less. Yeah. Right. When we were absolutely. bad, everybody thought they could play. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> got, I had a freshman team when I first started and I haven't had a freshman team since. Right. I'm going to be a star now because they're totally yeah. Yes. So, so how would you describe your coaching philosophy? Um, I would, I would say, um, what's the, I, I would say it this way. If I, if I would say I'm strict, Okay. um, I, I am without a doubt defense first. All right. And I set high expectations and I push my players to be able to reach that. As far as offense, um, I am a, I am a share the ball, play the game the right way. Without a doubt, um, I, I'm I'm not the type to draw up plays for one particular player because that player is the star. I believe in uh, coaching my kids up. That right. All of you are are just as great as she is, and you contribute just as much as she does. Um, so I believe in being positive um, in everything that I do when it comes to coaching. I don't right. I don't break you down. I build you up, but I build you up with truth, and I don't build you up with uh, a lot of phoniness and and uh, fake kids see that they they, oh, they, they can read through that so fast it's crazy how fast they can read through it oh yeah they read right through it oh yeah they read right through it but i'm i'm running gun and and defense first i want to i want to get all my offense from defense oh so you're you're coming at me yeah is there a shot clock in new yes Jersey? from the minute from the minute you inbound the ball i'm right at you I, I usually say when I when I've had teams like that, I say I get I get you when you get off the bus. Like I'm coming yeah, at pretty you. Pretty much. I'm coming <laughs> at you in the parking lot. Um, pretty much. <laughs> you don't have a shot clock in New Jersey, do you? No, I hate it. I hate it. I wish we did. Um, but part of part of our in season uh, philosophy is going 
out to New York and playing the top teams in New York every year. Um, one, I like the shot clock. Two, so New York, York State style. has a shot clock? New York does have a shot clock, yes. Oh, wow. See, so we're going to a tournament in Florida this year, and I, I just somebody just contacted me for one in, the, in Brooklyn or the – yeah, I think it was Brooklyn next uh-huh. year. So I'm, we're thinking about doing that because I love New York. Um, Should. Yeah, it, it would be great interesting, basketball. especially if they had a shot clock. That would be awesome. That would be a different – They have great, great basketball. The, the speed of the game, oh, the, yeah. the shot clocks, the, um, the environment – um, I, I love everything about New York um, and you, how they you play. play court, do you play quarters or halves? Uh, we play halves. Yeah, I like halves. We, 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 well, we switched in between. They changed it down. So we go quarters now, but before it was halves. Um, okay. In certain tournaments, they also change it up as well. Really? Um, but the girls, yeah, now New Jersey is, is all quarters. All quarters. See, I, I miss the coaching between quarters, but I think the flow of the game is better in halves. I agree. I like the flow of the game and halves without a doubt. And it makes um, you play more kids. It does. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Especially when you're you're playing defense 94 feet, 92 feet. Right. It's you got to have you, you got to have it. You, it absolutely. You, you, you got to play more people. So I think that's I think that from a high school standpoint I think they should all go to halves, to be honest with you. I I mean, I think the boy I think men collegians going to go to quarters. Really? I think so. That's the rumor on the thing and it's like, whoa. Wow. So if, if if women are quarters and men are quarters, then God, well, yeah, I'm not sure why we would do that, but that's I interesting. Know. I know, isn't that's it? Very interesting. So what do you think the what do you think the hardest thing to teach is? Defense. Okay. Because kids don't want to do it. They don't they don't love it the way they used to. Um, they don't take pride in it. Someone scores. Um, it's almost like it didn't even happen. They inbound the ball and they and they and they, and they keep moving. Right. Um, I think why do you think that, why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? Do you think they play too many games? Oh God, yes. One, I think they play too many games. Two, um, I think the the basketball community spends too much time focusing on how many points people score. Um, the NBA emphasizes all of that. Um, the amount of points that those type of players put up um, has changed the game. And 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 again, these are what the kids are watching. Right. Um, yeah, when once Steph Curry started making all those threes, it, it was just like the gym changed. All of a sudden, everybody was a Steph Curry and everybody could shoot threes. And it was right. like, wait a minute. Right. <laughs> the game is changing from what they're watching. From what we watched, um, defense was important. No, and I think it and I think it trickles down. That's what I don't think the NBA and the collegiate game trickles down to us. It takes time to do it, but I think it trickles down. Absolutely. So is there one, is there one coaching moment that you've had that we could share either a, a, that we could dive into a success, a failure, something that a young coach that's listening could, could learn from? Is there something we could dive into and talk about? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, going into my first year, um, it's when you question yourself a lot. Um, you're just not sure you made the right decision or you're not sure you put the right plan together. Um, I would say my first year, I went on a seven-game losing streak. Oh, God. We had a 10. I beat you, Coach. We had 10. We referred to it. It's like one-tenth of my losses in 20-plus years was that streak. Yes. We referred to it as the streak. And we played the same (laughs) team. We we beat this team. We played nine games, and we beat this team again. So thank God they were in our league. (laughs) 
it was, we refer to it as the streak. Let's not go through the yes. streak again. Oh, and God. do you learn so much during those streaks? Oh, oh man. Um, hey, Coach, I hope you enjoyed that. If you did, make sure you leave a review. We really do write, love those written reviews. Those five-star ones are the best. One stars, you can forget to do it. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Not only is it resources and handouts and videos, it's a little bit of everything for a coach that wants to get better. So go over and check it out. Also, down below, um, click our Amazon link, and uh, that helps us uh, with our hosting fees. I think little, the little things that come up with running a podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.